110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Today's uh, Tonight's date is uh, uh, Monday, July 3rd, 2023, uh, 4th of July Eve. Uh, so wanted to get a, a podcast done. It's been a minute since uh, our last one. Uh, both have been very busy with uh, different things and uh, finally got some time to finally get a podcast and uh, got a lot of different news has hit over the last several weeks um, that we wanted to hit tonight. Uh, you know, first we're going to start with recruiting um, as we've gotten five commits, one from 25, four from 24, um, over the last several weeks and, uh, kind of then want to take that into NIL. Um, you know, there's been some talk that Ohio state's finally starting to get their footing in NIL. And it seems like maybe proofs in the pudding on that one that, uh, it seems like that, uh, especially with, uh, the commitment last night, um, that we could, uh, maybe really be seeing, um, maybe that, Ohio State's finally come to the dance when it comes to some of this stuff, um, which now bodes interesting for you know the rest of the country. We've always said if Ohio State could get if get it figured out, there's a lot in the city of Columbus and a lot with alumni partners and different things like that that uh, they could be a, a real force to be reckoned with if uh, they really really got it figured out uh, where it fit best with the Ohio state ethos and the program and stuff like that. Um, and then we're going to talk about the schedules. Uh, the schedules came out um, a couple of weeks ago um, for um, 24 and 25. Um, so we wanted to kind of talk about that. It's a little weird how they're doing it. I think we both have kind of some opinions about, you know, these three games that, will definitely be scheduled every year, but they're not all the same teams. And it's, I don't know. It's kind of weird. seems like the big 10 always, <laughs> they always have to make something just a little extra difficult. It's like, you know, when they first did legends and leaders, and like right, you know, yeah. like, so I could kind of see probably where maybe this will end up going away in a couple of years. Uh, but who knows? Like, it just seems like it's just kind of something that, you know, it's something weird that they threw out there. So we'll discuss that. Um, but first wanted to open up the show, uh, like we did on our last show, um, you know, talking about, uh, the annual scholarship dinner for the Wadsworth, uh, youth, uh, youth football program where they, uh, they give a scholarship out to every year to, I, I believe it's, uh, one male and one female, um, you know, an ex football player, ex cheerleader that came up through the program, according to, you know, their website, um, the dinner is coming up on, um, hold on, Ed, right here, uh, Friday, July 14th, 2023, at the Galaxy in Wadsworth. Uh, doors open at 5:45, and dinner's at 6:45. Tickets are 40 bucks. Um, I did check to see if the tickets were still available. You can still purchase some online. Um, so I think that uh, they're still, you know, it seems like that they're still good to go. Um, the this year's uh, keynote speaker is Jerome Becker, Baker, ex Buckeye. Uh, 
plays in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. Um, and, you know, they got an auction where they have, you know, tons of cool items up for auction, uh, different sports memorabilia and different uh, experiences and stuff like that. Um, and obviously it's for a good cause, you know, anytime, uh, you know, we always look at it anytime we can give, you know, any time towards, you know, a good cause, uh, especially when it deals with high school sports in the state of Ohio, you know, it's uh, in youth sports that it's a big thing, you know, that's uh, very ingrained in the communities here in the state. Uh, so, you know, it's something obviously we both came from, uh, you know, high school and youth sports, uh, you know, in our childhood. So very important to us. So wadsworthgrizzlyfootball.com is the website and um, you can go into uh, uh, into the drop down thing where under events, um, I believe it's under events, but let me just double check. It's under fundraisers. So in the drop down box at the top, uh, it says fundraisers and I'll go down to scholarship dinner and it will show you where to go sign up for tickets. So, and, uh, so yeah, very, uh, good cause, uh, definitely something, uh, when they kind of reached out to us, the, you know, mentioned things that we were definitely happy to do. So, uh, obviously, like I said, it would be auction with some different cool things up for auction. Uh, they've had some from different signed jerseys and, various experiences and signed memorabilia from what I can see from past years. And they always have a good keynote speaker, uh, drum baker this year, you know, they've had trestle there in years past. I've seen Bernie Kozar and their pitchers. So, you know, Joe Thomas. So they obviously, you know, people that are very ingrained both in Cleveland sports and, and Ohio state sports, you know, and Northeast Ohio sports. So, uh, definitely a good cause and, uh, definitely something that we recommend if, uh, you're available that night on, uh, July 14th and, uh, you know, wanted to go see something, you know, do this, uh, definitely recommend it. Um, but you probably should get your tickets soon. Um, cause, uh, who knows a couple, they're only a couple weeks away the thing and it probably could sell out at any time. So, uh, uh, definitely look into it if uh, you're available for that evening. Yeah, for sure. Sorry if anyone hears any dogs barking. Uh, I'm pretty sure my neighbors are just lighting off sticks of dynamite right now. So <laughs> it's pretty noisy over here. It's like, I don't know about you. Fireworks have been going off around here for like two months now. <laughs> I don't. Seems like we've had a, I don't know. There's like Father's Day fireworks. Uh, I mean, it's, I, th- I want to say like, well, of course there was Memorial Day, but I mean, even before that, there's Mother's Day fireworks. So yeah, it was. Yeah, where I'm at. Um, so we've had fireworks. It actually, it's not been too bad tonight. Um, but over the weekend, it was been really crazy. But last week, it was really nuts too because of, uh, um, the township I live in, it's our, it was our community days, uh, events. Uh, they have a festival, like a four day festival. That was last week. And, uh, they do fireworks, I believe a couple of the nights. Oh, is um, that what was going on over there? Yeah. So that day I, I saw that so by the, the high school. Yeah. So, and I don't live too far from there. I'm only about probably five between five to 10 minutes from, uh, where that is at. So, uh, and, uh, you know, their, their last night, I believe, which was either Friday or Saturday, they, uh, they really had a fireworks show. You could hear it. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, 20 minutes straight. So, um, but 
So our dogs at my house, we get they get kind of nuts with that, but they're not as bad. They're they're just little buggers though, so they they get kind of uh, they get big chested when they're outside and want to try to think they're going to scare somebody, but then they they usually go hide. Um, you have uh, <laughs> you got big dogs, so they are uh, at uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the uh, little one that barks. But they're at all everything. like over there, especially I know how I've been over there when fireworks shows with those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the little one's the one that barks at everything. The biggest one, he just stares out the window, and then my German Shepherd, she just goes and hides, and yeah, feel bad for her, but it is what it is. But yeah, so yeah, if you hear any barking or anything, that's uh, just my cocker spaniel being a <laughs> being an a hole. Yeah. All right. So uh, let me get the recruiting stuff pulled up here. Um, so, like I said, we've had five commitments over the last couple of weeks. Um, I'll start with the 2025 kid uh, just because I'm on that page right now. Um, so we got Tavian St. Clair. Uh, he's a quarterback out of uh, uh, Belfont in Ohio. Um, six, three and a half, uh, 210 pounds. So nice frame on him and mm-hmm. size. Um, you know, he, he's a four star. Um, so, you know, it's good to kind of get a quarterback every year. I've always kind of said that. Um, and with us getting at least air Nolan as a commitment for 24. So that sets us up now for an in-state quarterback for in for 25. So I was happy about that. An in-state quarterback, you know, you don't always get the, where they feel confident enough to get an in-state kid uh, scholarship offer. Um, so I was definitely happy um, that they got him to come in. Um, I looked at some of his stuff um, that I've seen online and obviously he's still going to have, you know, his junior year this year and then a senior season after that. So he still has, you know, a lot of, a lot of growth, you know, potential and stuff in there. So it'll be interesting to see where he's at and, uh, you know, going into his senior year and then into his actual, his senior season, which is still two years away. Um, and then on the 24 side, so I'll start with tomorrow or yesterday's I'll do that one last. Um, let me pull these guys up. Um, so starting with, um, we got the two kids out of Glenville. So Demarion Witten, who's a tight end, four star, six four, two hundred fifteen pounds. Um, so I was very excited to see that. And then we brought in also um, Bryce West, which let me get his measurables here. So he's a high four star, um, 5'11", 177, You know, cornerback, which is always a a very nice position uh, of need usually. Uh, so it was very nice to see uh, two Glenville kids, you know, committing, you know, that was for the longest time. That was the pipeline for Northeast Ohio and to Columbus, it seemed like. And uh, obviously, you know, you think about some of the guys they've gotten out of Glenville. So, you know, they come from a, a long reputation of uh, top players that have come to Ohio state. So very exciting there. Then we got safety, uh, Jalen, uh, McKinlain. Um, he's out of New Jersey. He's a four star, uh, six foot one, 185 pounds. Um, Again, I in this type of defense, you know, safeties are extremely important. Um, and obvious, so 
he I really liked a lot of the things I saw in him on film. Um, he definitely seems like, uh, you know, a potential to be a really nasty player out there. So uh, I think that, you know, looks very good for the Buckeyes going forward. And then kind of the, you know, this one came out of nowhere last night, you know, six, four, 310 pounds, five star, Justin Scott out of Chicago defensive tackle. You know, <laughs> we've always talked about, you know, sometimes that they've just the, some of the tackles they've missed out on defensively, you know, over the last several years. And, you know, granted a lot of them are, you know, big time kids coming out of the South and, you know, that's got its own issues, you know, trying to get some of those kids to come North, but, you know, he, this, he, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was definitely seemed like he was leaning my, uh, Michigan. Georgia was also in there. Miami was also in there. Um, so for us to pull him really out of left field, uh, it kind of felt like, um, was definitely uh, very exciting news. And, and then when you hear some of this, you know, a couple of the five-star defensive ends that we're currently leading for, I mean, this could be a very special defensive line class. If, uh, if we, you know, can pull in one or two of those defensive ends also. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't miss out on Marquise Lightwood. He committed to Miami today. Um, still sounds good about Dylan Stewart though, who, a lot of people say remind like they have has the blueprint and background that he could be the next Chase Young type player. And then um names escaping me, Edric Houston from Georgia still it looks like Ohio State's still in the lead for him, but you know, crystal balls change all the time. But um yeah, I mean it, it could be a really good haul at the end of this class. Of course, um safety KJ Bolden's still out there, which they will love to get a commitment out of him. I believe he said his commitment date recently. So I think it's going to be within the next month or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's going to be an exciting end to all this and hopefully Ohio state just ends solid. And this is going to be another great Buckeye class. It's kind of like you, when you like compare and contrast from last, basically from last June and July to this year's June and July, you know, we had a lot of high hopes last year going into June. Cause I mean, you remember some of the kids that we were in for, you know, in on yeah. and like, like in that May time, like, I think it was what April, we got like a couple really good guys. And it's like, you thought we were going to possibly knock it out of the park, come, uh, you know, June. And then like, it was just a big offer. I mean, yeah you know, big time, uh, slump there. <laughs> like they missed on everybody. And so like, and of course, you know, with how, I mean, obviously us included the fan base. I mean, it was just like, you know, you let you, the highs and lows that come with, you know, three, 365 days of Buckeye football. It's like, you know, you get so, high when you're like my god they're they're gonna get all these guys like you know you get a couple commitments like after spring football and then you see who you're in for and like and then it's like yeah we're getting that guy and we're gonna get this guy and that guy too and okay we might miss out on this one over here but we're taking four of those five guys and that it's like nope you got none of them <laughs> it's yeah like can't yeah, we get one of them so it's like so yeah they've definitely hit big on the last uh 
the last several weeks on some of these players. And I really like what they're really doing on defense and some of the guys they're in for are still on the defensive side. And, you know, the last couple of years, that's kind of in the place where they've been really hurting. And so a couple of things I, um, a couple of things that kind of makes me think of right there is that obviously James can't be on the road, but I think he, you know, we obviously know with Peyton that he, uh, he helped with that recruit and, you know, to get him in a linebacker. Um, but I think, you know, Eliano, it seems like he's a superstar on the road. It seems like that, uh, Walton's doing really well with, uh, the guys that are play cornerback. It seems like, uh, LJ might be a little rejuvenated <laughs> right now. And it seems like I think people are feeling comfortable with Knowles' defense enough that uh, they're giving him that, you know, after a year seeing the defense. And I know we all like to dwell on the end of the season stuff, but uh, it was still a vastly improved defense than it was the previous season. And I, I still think they can only go up from where it's at. So, like, I think that. I think there's more comfortable uh, comfortableness with uh, how the defense is looking. Um, Einder Knowles. Uh, so I definitely like what I'm seeing on the defensive side and the recruiting. And obviously with offense, you know, they're still in the offensive. I mean, you seem some of the guys that they pulled in between Aaron Nolan, the couple of receivers they got, you know, James Peoples at, um, at running back. Um, so, I mean, they're still recruiting fine offensively. Like there's no, you know, worry there. Um, but it's definitely nice to see that the defensive side of it might be holding up right now. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you, you just want to see Justin Fry kind of crack the code on uh, pulling in a five-star tackle, you know, something like that. Um, of course, you, you, he's recruited a solid offensive line. So I'm not going to say like he's failing or anything like that. I'm not going to make any bold outrageous claims, but you really would love to see him just like seal the deal on, you know, Brandon Baker that's out there. And I heard he's doing very well with them. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he's from, is he a modern, he's a modern day kid, I believe. So, I mean, that would be huge if you could close a modern day, the top offensive tackle in the country. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is. Um, I can, at least from out. I can look it up real quick. Maybe hold on. I'm pretty, I mean, pretty sure he is. And that if you get an in out there in California. Yeah. Modern day. Yep. Yeah. If you get an in out there, I mean, that that's huge for future classes. Cause that's, yeah. I mean, that's as good as it gets in California. And if Lincoln can get USC on the right track, which I think he is. I mean, they, they were yeah. good last year, so we'll see. We'll see how they do post, you know, Caleb Williams after this year, but and I'll, I don't doubt that they'll keep doing well. Just he has to make that choice eventually to get rid of Alex Grinch because he'll, ne he'll never get over the hump with him as a defensive coordinator. It just nah. we saw here nah. for one year. I mean, we thought like we – I don't think we necessarily thought he was going to be a savior or anything, but we're like, Oh my God, we got this young guy, you know, he's from Ohio originally. He's going to be a stud recruiter. He's going to be great on, you know, on the field. Cause he worked with Leach and he, you 
was, you know, got the most turnovers in the country or some crap like that. And he was going to take them to the next level in that 2018 defense, which is awful. So I just, and I mean, he's shown that he's the same guy as he was that year, every year he's been with Lincoln. So I think, you know, he has to really look at himself. Lincoln does and make that hard decision that Alex Grinch is not a, you know, big time winning defensive coordinator. I don't know if Lincoln has that or not in him, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, no. If, and that's if the I, one day, the one thing, excuse me, cutting you off, but the one thing I will always give Ryan day credit for, because I think a lot of people look at him and Lincoln kind of almost in the same light that they're like glorified offensive coordinators. They maybe got a promotion too early for big programs. And at least, you know, Ryan Dane has shown that he will make those hard decisions. Like if he needs to revamp his defense, he has never hesitated to make moves on his team where Link is just kind of like, oh, I'm going to figure this out, how I'm just going to outscore everybody. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter what's going on in defense. And eventually he's going to have to make that decision like, hey, we got to play better defense. I mean, just real quick on the whole Lincoln Ryan Day thing. It's just something I mean, I've said this before, but just to reiterate again. And yeah. This is an Ohio State podcast. I'm very, uh, you know, obviously I'm very biased towards the Buckeyes. But, I mean, I've given my fair share of criticism to Ryan Day. You know, I, that, you know, you can listen to some of our past episodes, you know, especially after the Michigan losses. You know, I mean, trust me, I've I've given him my lumps when I felt like he's (laughs) deserved of. But. I don't this whole Lincoln Ryan day, like comparison, like it makes no sense to me. I like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't see where they're comparable to each other. You know, I mean, Ryan days made, I mean, I'm not, I mean, regardless how many playoffs Lincoln's made, I, I can't think of I, What is it? Two is it three. I don't remember. No, I, but, I think they got the same number. I mean, I think Lincoln's had three. I think Ryan's had three. Ryan's been to three playoffs, you know, he's or yeah, three playoffs. He lost a very tough game to Clemson. He crushed them the following year, made the national championship game in a, you know, the COVID crazy year, you know, and yeah, he got his butt handed to him by Alabama. You know, he has to, whatever, you know, exterior ulterior stuff you want to add on to that because of that season, whatever. I mean, you got to live with it. You got your butt handed to you by Alabama, but you made the national championship. And then, you know, the, the last couple seasons, I mean, everybody's wanted to be Georgia and they went toe to toe with Georgia and they should have beat them and they would have won the national title. So like, you know, so I don't see where, you know, I just don't see where the comparison is. I'm sorry. I, to me, and yeah, we'll find out in 2020, uh, what is it? 2025 when they play each other, unless they play each other before that. But I mean, to me, uh, you know, Ryan day is, a better coach and maybe, maybe Ohio, but Oklahoma's had legit teams and yeah. USC now has had a legit team. And so, yeah, I mean, Lincoln's had legit teams too. So, uh, that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, again, Ohio state bias. I, I will fully admit to that one, but, uh, I, I just don't see where the comparison of them are right now that, uh, you know, it's, 
I, I say uh, they're both woefully behind uh, Nick Saban, but so is everybody else. Uh, and, you know, and obviously Kirby Smart, I'm putting up there above both of them right now too. But like, and, da- and Dabo still. I mean, he he has two titles. Yeah, you know, I mean, even though I think I think Dave's a lot closer to Dabo than uh, Lincoln is. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, I think I'd agree with that. I mean, beat him head up. Yeah. I mean, should have beat him a second time head up. I mean, it's <laughs> I should have definitely so should have. Yeah. So, all right. Just one of the kind of quickly, uh, just, you know, when we're talking about recruiting, so there's been a lot of talk over the last, you know, several weeks that Ohio state has kind of got figured NIL out. We have these couple foundations now, uh, these collectives, um, that are, you know, kind of running this whole thing for us uh, in that space, you know, getting these players kind of the deals and stuff like that. Um, And it seemed like there was a lot to be desired last year, you know, and when you're kind of looking at it from just Ohio state lens, like, you know, you get frustrated, you see all these teams in the South that were just kind of like, okay, we can, we've always cheated. Now we can just legally cheat. And uh, Ohio state was still kind of playing. I think they were just trying to figure out their footing. Like how's the best way to do it. And, you know, and obviously we've now we've lived with Gene for how many years Gene's always been kind of uh, you know, kind of a think of per, especially after they got in trouble he's always been like yeah let's let's kind of think this one through and let's uh work our way into it so they always go slow they always you know it's that you know they're you know, everybody knows like trying to go into the pool or the early in the the swimming season when it's really cold you, you always the dumb thing to do is ease yourself in <laughs> and that uh, yeah. go in but you know that's how ohio state deals with stuff um, but it is what it is. It finally seems like that they've, they're kind of hitting their stride right now and they figured out where they fit in with this. And it seems like that, you know, obviously I don't take things away from the coaching staff, but it seems like that they might have something to do with some of these guys that they've gotten now over the last couple of weeks. Um, so that's exciting because I, you know, we've talked about, like I said, at the beginning of the show, we've said before is, uh, if Ohio state figures this out, you know, they're going to be very dangerous because they're the one school that really can compete with teams in the South and Columbus is just a hotbed of economic activity, right? It's one of the fastest growing cities in the country. And it's, it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of these places, they don't have the benefit of having a, the prototypical thought of a college program and being in a big city at the same time. You think about when you think about big cities are usually the pro teams are usually the ones that dominate those cities. And really only when it comes to the college side of it, I mean, the only ones that really come to my head are Columbus and Austin. And those are those big cities that, you know, the capitals and stuff like that. And, you know, that are just dominated by those college football programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know there's cities of good size have other programs. And I mean, you think about like Knoxville and stuff like that, but you know, obviously Nashville's the it city in Tennessee. Uh, I mean, there's still a lot to do in Knoxville and stuff like that, but it's just, it's not Austin or Columbus. And it just, it seems like I've all, it just really seems like now they are hitting their stride 
And that could be very great for Buckeye fans. And uh, I think uh, some stuff with some fan bases around the country where it could really kind of pee them off a little bit that, uh, you know, if Ohio State's now able to really put some packages together and get some of these kids, you know, to Columbus. Yeah. And I'm not going to pretend to know what's being offered or what's not and who's doing the, you know, the heavy lifting when it comes to that. I feel like from what I've heard, it sounds like um, cohesion's been, you know, doing a really good job with that. So that's awesome to hear. But we, we talked about this and we talked about when NIL was rolling out, when the show was just starting or the next year, I can't even, I mean, it's all blur now, but we talked about like Ohio state, man, they were going to be able to offer things that very few colleges in the country could offer. And with as obsessed as, you know, the alumni bases with this football team, with the community is with this football team businesses surrounding that football team in Columbus. Like, they were going to be able to put together a very lucrative package and um, just, you know, something that would be very hard to say no to for these kids to draw them in. Now, I, I, I think Ohio State has stand, you know, stood firm on they don't believe that high school kids coming in should be treated better than their established players that are already there. They've stood firm on we're not going to recruit people that say show me the money you know they want someone that is wants to be a part of the brotherhood wants to move forward with ohio state then they'll talk they'll they'll have the nil talk that but anyone that says what are you going to do for me money wise they want nothing to do with that kid and i think those are the that is still the right person you want in there Mm -hmm. that's still the right way to go about this but i mean we we said it as when this topic first came up that was the one thing that like we said if ohio state can figure this out they will be able to compete with SEC schools that just throw bags of money because Ohio State can offer just as much as anybody else. Yeah, yeah, and then so they hopefully they have. Hopefully they have. Hopefully that's all right. And then, and then on top of it, you know, and this is no, this is no knock against any of the other schools. I mean, Georgia has the same thing. Alabama has the same thing. Yeah, but they have the prestige level. They have. They can point to what their guys have done in the NFL, who they've sent to the NFL, what they've done in college. You know, they they play for titles, they play for championships. They you know they're always one of the top teams in the country, so they can compete with Alabama and Georgia and all of that stuff just as easily as those teams can. But you know, they've always been said, you know, and Alabama and Georgia, I you know, I think they've kind of uh, you know maybe a little bit different, but they've both have kind of said that they're kind of doing it the more the writer yeah closer to the right way too um that you know it just seemed like things got crazy there for a minute with like texas texas a&m and miami it was just like you know you know those schools kind of doing what those schools like to do and you know and they were doing it and so i think it is the right approach for ohio state obviously you want you want kids that want to come to Columbus and play for the Buckeyes. And then once you get the kid interested and you are really on, if you're really on top of this kid and you really want this kid and say it's between you and Georgia, we'll just throw Georgia out there. Then yeah, maybe at the end of the day that he could easily go play for either one of them. And then maybe it comes to, it comes down to the final NIL deal to see, uh, 
you know, where he's going to, because he really, he, he could see himself easily playing for both schools. Yeah. He likes both schools. He knows both schools are going to put him into the league and either both schools can showcase him. He's going to get the best, uh, you know, coaching at both schools. So like, you know, basically all things are equal and now, yeah. And now you come out and you see what, how you compete with them there. Um, you know, we've always said, oh, I say we'll be able to compete with anybody when it comes to that stuff. And, you know, maybe it's starting to show a little bit of fruition a little bit. So, uh, obviously we don't a hundred percent. know. um, it's just a lot of tea leaves right now. There's a lot of talk on Twitter that maybe different things that, uh, that these, uh, these collectives are really coming to the table now. And so until I'm proved uh, until somebody shows me evidence the other way around that, I think that, you know, there is a percentage of something that they've helped with, uh, you know, yes. push some of this stuff, uh, push some of this stuff through. So that's what I'm going with. So I, it's, I like to see it. Totally agree. Um, you want to talk about schedules next? Yes. Okay. So they released the 24 and 25 schedules. Um, I have those. Um, just give me one second. So 24, um, the big thing for Ohio state is that UCLA comes onto the schedule. Um, let me find the buckers. There it is. Um, so UCLA comes on the schedule. It's on the road. So we're heading out to Los Angeles. Um, Penn State's also on the road, Minnesota, Michigan State, and then home against Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Northwestern, and Rutgers. So, you know, I figured we were going to get USC and Michigan was going to get UCLA. I figured that both of us were, I, I think I even said it on the show. I am like, I bet both of us are going out to Los Angeles, that opening year. Um, I figured it was going to be us with the Trojans and Michigan with the Bruins, but you know, reverse, they went the other way. Um, Ohio state, you know, there was a lot of people that gave Gene a lot of crap or gave the the big 10, a lot of crap. Like I made a joke is Gene writing the schedule for the big 10. Cause it seemed <laughs> like Ohio state did to get a very favorable 2024 schedule, um, in conference. So, eh. I mean, I, I'm not going to complain about it right now. No, <laughs> you know? no. I mean, and then when you look at the non-conference schedule, that's a joke that year. So yeah, <laughs> you know, Ohio state could be very, uh, that might be the schedule that really helps them, uh, you know, yeah. deeper in national championship. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's, it is easy, still, but yeah, you still got to go to happy Valley. You still, uh, play, uh, you know, you still play Michigan. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, and then 25, um, which I will pull up. I believe that, uh, that's the year we play USC and they, and they're going to come to Columbus. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And Penn state's off the schedule that year. Penn state's off the schedule. So that's, that's kind of crazy. Where I, yeah. That's where I wanted to go. Cause that's where <laughs> I don't understand this whole thing. So everybody gets three, to play opponents. And so what two play opponents mean is that you're playing home a home against three schools, you know, on the big 10 conference schedule. Some of these could be protected opponents. And some of these could just be that you're playing them in back-to-back seasons and they'll rotate off the schedule. Then come 2026 and you will have another ones. The thing I don't get about this is that like, how they break this down. Some of us 
have one protected opponent and two just the you know home and home some of us have two protected opponents and then one home and home and then Penn State has no protected opponents and Iowa has all three are protected <laughs> opponents so it's like, it doesn't make sense man and I don't so yeah. I don't like that Penn State isn't protected I mean I I know it is what it is and some people might look at it like, hey, that's a hard game, you know, like Ohio, that's, that helps Ohio State out. But, man, we're going to a 12-team playoff. Like, keep Penn, yeah. State, keep Penn State on the schedule every year. I know they're not our rival because Michigan's our rival, but that's, a, just that's got, a hell of a game we play every year. I've always – I get – I've been so accustomed to playing them now. They've had so many great games over the years. And that so, yeah, that annoyed me. And, and – like Michigan gets two protected opponents. They get Ohio state and Michigan state. Right. So I, I just don't understand, like take Penn state off of there. Like, I know they played Penn state every year too. Like there was three teams always played each other, you know, regardless of what iteration the big 10 scheduling was going through for pretty much. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the legends and leaders things was a little different. I don't think that probably Michigan. I don't know if Michigan played Penn State at all, but that was only a couple seasons, right? Yeah, so, I don't remember I know, that. I know they were on the opposite side from you know us. Um, Michigan was, um, and uh, I forgot Michigan was a legend. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it just drives me nuts. It, like, why can't Michigan and Penn State be protected opponents for Ohio State, and then we play one. You know, every year you will play a home and home against somebody else, and yeah. like, and I, I kind of think I know why they did it. It's because it gives flexibility to Ohio State's schedule going forward. Now you kind of think about it. Well, we can rotate Penn State onto the schedule, and we can rotate Wisconsin for two years, and then we can rotate Wisconsin onto the schedule for two years, and USC could go onto the schedule for two years. So it kind of gives them different flexibility. And maybe you play a year where you're going to play USC and Nebraska, and you're going to have those. So it it gives flexibility to their biggest draw, which is Ohio state. Everybody knows that it's, you know, where the most eyeballs are in the conference. Um, but there's been some great rated Ohio state, Penn state games. And I don't think Penn state being on the schedule every season is going to, you know, do anything to affect any ratings and stuff like that. So, yep. Right. Even, I mean, even with that. Yeah. Even 2020 Penn state came back and kind of, made it a little bit of a game and that was that weird COVID year anyway. So we could write that one off, but I mean, the last two have been good. The, I mean, I mean, the what do you got to go back to 13 till you had a bad game? Yeah. Yeah. We've had some really good games in there and uh, yeah, 13 was bad. I mean, we pull away in 12, uh, you know, I mean, 14, we got to win in overtime. Like, you right. know, I mean, you know. I mean, 15, what? We went up pretty big in 15, but then we played sloppy. Is that how that went? I can't remember. I, 15 was okay, though. Saquon kind of went off on us in 15, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think 15's pretty much, isn't that what kind of one? I thought we had it in. I think JT kind of, that's when he kind of settled it, that he should be the starter. Isn't yeah, that right? I think so. I mean, it, I. I don't know if it was ever really in doubt, but it wasn't a bad game. And then of course, 16, we went up on them, couldn't put them away. They ended up beating us in happy Valley, 17, 18. They went up huge on us in both those games and we win by a point Just in both nuts. of them. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, 19, 19 Penn State played us the best out of all of the entire I mean, schedule. Yeah, but I mean, we still beat them by double digits. But I mean, they were actually the ones that they were the. I think we only beat them by what, like ten or eleven in that game. That was so, like, that was the closest game. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that was uh, okay. Fifteen wasn't that close. It looks like it was thirty-eight to ten. Yeah, I thought we kind of pulled a. Uh, I think it was a decent first half, but then it was like I think Ohio State really handled them in the second half, if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, but they've had a lot of good games against each other, and I mean. That's that's just, just that's a shame if you know that you're not going to get to play them in two years. Yeah. So now the one thing I do like what the Big Ten I think got right is that they're they did away with conferences, um, so or the division. So you know it'll be one versus two. I'm sure that uh, you know that's going to have uh, a lot of people kind of perked up. Uh, well, we have back-to-back weeks with Michigan, uh, so some of that will be very interesting to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was something I wanted to mention, but I, it just slipped my mind. Um, but yeah, that was just one thing that kind of like I don't, I just, I didn't get all that stuff. Uh, like Iowa, you know. Okay, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Minnesota, all of them need to be, uh, you know, protected games, uh, you know, and you, they can't throw one protected game to Penn State. Like, <laughs> no, I know. I know. That's, <laughs> it was odd. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get too over the top about feelings on this yet because we'll see how it all plays out over the years. But, I I just feel like it's really strange to Penn State that it's almost like you're saying, like, we don't want, to protect Michigan and Ohio state for you guys. But we feel like they're the only two that are worthy to protect for you guys. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some people think it's throwing Penn state a bone. Like, Hey, this is your easiest way to be that third big team, 10 team that make a 12 team playoff. So which who knows that could be right. I mean, who, who knows? I mean, with, with USC coming in and Penn state and Wisconsin and Luke at Wisconsin now, and maybe, Maybe uh, what's his face gets Nebraska back on track. I mean, I'm going to, I'll leave that on the outside looking in right now, but you know, there's always years where Iowa's up there, you know, but with USC in there, Penn state and Wisconsin, there is no reason why a third team should not be in the playoff every year. So like, that's yeah. just the way I look at it. They should have a third team in the playoff and like, and, and in some years, they might be able to push for a fourth team in the playoffs. Like, I don't Wait, I mean, like, you got to think was you, Iowa, when Iowa, you know, and people can retire, you know, things change all the time with that. So you never know. But every four to five years, I was really good because they are very, you know, top heavy on senior leadership. So they, yep. they have a lot of returning production, a lot of experience, a lot of discipline that comes back. Wisconsin has been good. I mean, they've had a couple, what, two down years, but outside of that and down years is still over 500, I think. But I mean, they've been good. Um, and that's and Luke, and Luke's, Luke's going to take them to another level. You know that. I, I mean, that's all. And that is, I mean, you know, obviously we have a lot. We have a, only got you think about it. The season's almost here. Um, so I mean, it went we'll, by we'll, really quick, man. <laughs> we'll be really getting into this here in the next, you know, couple of weeks, starting to talk about the schedule and stuff coming up and, you know, obviously fall. Um, but 
you know, that game is the one I really got circled this year. I'm really nervous about going to Madison and like, you know, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Luca, hopefully the moment's too big for him against his alma mater, which I mean, he might still be a year or two away, you know, before he can get them to oh, yeah, play competitively with Ohio State, but it'll yeah. be tough. I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, there was the I did remember the one thing I did. So we do know where some of our games are going to be played TV wise this year. Mm. Um, so CBS three thirty um, against Indiana, um, we know that. We know obviously Michigan is on Fox. Um, we know that Michigan State is going to be the NBC eight o'clock game. Um, where do they put Penn State again? Do they have they slotted that one yet? I know that's the scarlet out, but you know, I, I honestly don't know what, um, yeah, if they put a time slot on that yet or not, I can, I can check real quick. And we know Notre Dame is good, which we figured that one. So we'll be playing NBC twice this year at nighttime. I knew NBC, I knew that game was going to be a primetime game. NBC always puts Notre Dame at least once or twice a year as a primetime game. Um, and I knew that with Ohio State on going to be playing on NBC this year because they're going to be at Notre Dame. Obviously, NBC curious the Notre Dame home games that I, I figured that one was definitely going to be a night game. So it was correct on that one. So two primetime games on NBC this year. Um, so some of that other stuff uh, could be interesting. It'll be kind of interesting to see if we play on Peacock any of this year. I know Michigan is opening up the season on Peacock. Um, that uh, so yeah, so it'll be different to see where some of the, you know, some of the um, where we ended up with the different TV personalities. I'm interested to see who, you know, NBC has as their. Uh, you know, their, uh, their booth crews, um, congratulations to Josh Perry, who was, uh, hired by NBC to do, uh, um, their, their, uh, their, uh, studio for those games. Yeah. Uh, so that's a big one for NBC. Obviously Josh Perry is, uh, he's very talented. I mean, he's proven that, uh, on the big 10 network. So I'm very happy for him. To, uh, he'll be, uh, a good addition to their studio crew there. No, yeah, that's for sure. Excellent news for him. And you only knew it was a matter of time before a bigger network was going to swoop him up. I mean, he's <laughs> supremely talented. I think what James would have been on the same path had he not went into coaching. So those guys were <laughs> definitely, you know, already a plus type uh, guys up in the booth and, you know, can't, can't be anything but happy for them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anything else you want to hit on schedules or anything else before we get on out of here? No, I didn't see a time for Penn State. It looks like it's still to be determined. Um, I don't think so. I mean, we'll see how defensive recruiting ends for Ohio State. It seems like it should be a pretty good end to the summer, but you never know. I mean, we went through a lull last summer, so it could happen again. Um, I did read that James is uh, already ready to be out on the road. So hopefully, you know, if they can't make him the linebacker coach next year, hopefully that gets changed that you can get more assistance out there on the road yeah. for you in the near future. Cause I think once he's out on the road, not that he's not already putting in the work now, but once he's on the road, I mean, 
linebacker recruiting is going to go to a new level for Ohio State. It's going to go to a level that it was at once before. Um, Parker, Parker, uh, he did, he did help some with the us getting uh, the kid out of Chicago from what I've been reading. So I don't know, maybe, maybe they told Parker been like, uh, you need to step up your game or James is taking you. We, we need to, we need you visible in this picture. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I'll believe it because I read it, but yeah, that's that's a hard sell for me. But it is what yeah. it is. Well, good. I mean, that's good. I mean, if the guy actually does have recruiting chops, then that's awesome. I'm. I still think you know him as a full time secondary coach, keeping James Laurinaitis off the road is something right now. But James yeah. is still learning it, so maybe after this year, they'll be ready to be like, all right, he's ready to be you know full time. Let's get going. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Let's call it a night and get on out of here. I don't even remember if I know how to do this sign off. Uh, <laughs> thank you everyone for stopping out tonight to the Buckeye bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. Oh, H. I O happy 4th of July, everybody. Yeah. Be safe. Be safe.